You're listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show, where business leaders and health experts give insight while you take a break from the daily grind. Your host, Joey Price, is an entrepreneur with over a decade of startup experience and CEO of the managed HR services firm Jumpstart HR. Want to join the conversation or have an idea for the show? Tweet us at BizLifeCoffee or Joey directly at Joey V. Price HR with the hashtag BLCMoments. Want more episodes? Head on over to iTunes to subscribe. Business, life, and coffee, personal development for busy professionals. Now let's get to the show. If you think starting a business is scary, you're absolutely right. Similar to the Hunger Games, the odds are against entrepreneurs everywhere and the numbers don't lie. Bloomberg reports that 8 out of 10 entrepreneurs who start businesses fail within the first 18 months. The SBA paints a revolving door picture of businesses with over 627,000 new businesses opening each year, while about 595,000 businesses close each year. If you're aiming for VC cash, you're still not safe, because the Wall Street Journal reports that three out of four businesses that receive venture capital actually fail. So what does it take to succeed in business in spite of all of these insurmountable odds? You need a guide and quite possibly the help of our guest. Joining us on this episode of the Business Life and Coffee Show is Chris Bell III. Chris is the Chief Operating Officer and Co-Founder of Stealthonomics. He is a high-energy Global 1000 customer engagement expert, small business coach, entrepreneur, speaker, and an investor. He's also one of my business coaches, and he's very integral in helping me sustain my business with sound management practices. Welcome, Chris. Hey, Joey. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm glad you're here. So we're talking about you know, beating the odds in small business success. Mm. And I shared those numbers with the Bloomberg, the SBA, and Wall Street Journal pointing a gloomy picture on entrepreneurship. But when you hear those numbers, do you think most entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs crumble in fear? I would say absolutely not. First and foremost, those who are entrepreneurs are driven, excited, and they're like kids who are looking to dive into the pool when it's hot, except <laughs> they don't know how to swim yet. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Right. They just they just see the water and they see everybody having fun and they hear about this, oh, this entrepreneurship, you know, thing until they realize they've swallowed some water and that they're <laughs> flailing and they're having a hard time. Entrepreneurs themselves usually live in a state of what I call denial. D E N I A L. Don't even know I am lying to themselves. Wow. <laughs> okay. Right. They, they basically realize shortly after diving in that, quite frankly, they weren't properly trained, prepared, or oriented for the velocity of change that's taken place in their dis- discipline, marketplace, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so you know, it's two different types of people. Both realize fear and trepidation almost too late. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it, yeah. Yeah, and, and talking about that speed of change, Chris, you and I have had conversations about just, you know, when you are starting your business, you think, oh, you know, all I'm going to do is the thing that I'm really good at. And I started this company because I'm passionate about X, Y, or Z. But there are so many different components to actually having a successful business that it is 
100% neglectful to only focus on the parts you enjoy. Absolutely. I agree. I concur wholeheartedly. No question. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think when we talk about starting a business and it's not that it's not that it's something to be afraid of, but I think that there can be healthy paranoia or healthy fear in saying, okay, well, I need to plan for this. I need to plan for that. I need to have the right advisors for this. I need to have the right advisors for that. Mm -hmm. Because you're not going to know how business is going to work out and you're not going to know, you know, what's going to come in the various areas of, of business, whether that's sales, whether that's marketing, whether that's taxes, accounting, customer service. But you need to have places that you can go to. Right. Well, here's the challenge with that. Right. Let's think about this, Joey. Lloyd's of London, big insurance company that's in the risk business, you know, globally, yep. you know, managing yep. billions and billions of dollars of property and, and lives and that kind of thing said this. They said that the data that's been generated, actually, there's more data been generated in the last two years than there has been over the whole time that data has been generated. Wow. Okay. So, so here's what that means. It means that if you are a college senior today who's majoring in engineering, what you learned in your freshman and sophomore year may be obsolete already. And by the way, you're in school to learn this. So now you're about to dive in to the marketplace to try to figure it out all over again. Now, imagine if you're working a job and you've got a specific task and they've put you in a silo in a box and says, this is your task. And you say, look, I know this better than anybody else in the world. I'm going to launch a business with my idea. Imagine how far removed you are, <laughs> not just from the disciplines that you went to school to learn, but from the dynamics that were, were, were present when you believed things were a certain way. So the challenge is both with the neophyte and the layperson, those who are new at it, and even the experts. I mean, look, experts built the Titanic, right? It was, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. You know, so what do you do if the expertise refuses to believe it's obsolete or irrelevant or, more importantly, unconsciously in denial? Where does an entrepreneur, a wannabepreneur, an intrapreneur go to figure it out? The answer isn't so simplistic. It's typically not myopic, right? You know, if you're a hammer, you see everything as a nail. Mm -hmm. If I go to a doctor and my feet hurt, before I, I go in to actually see somebody, they're going to do all kinds of tests and the like and say, you need to see a podiatrist. Unfortunately, when you say, I want to go into business, first thing you do is you go get a website. For what, Joey? What's going to be on it? You know, what, you know what, market, what market are you going to have? You're going to say, hey, this is Joey, and I'm open for business. Right, exactly, <laughs> which is typical, which is typical, right? Yep. And, and frankly, that's the way we're, we've been taught and oriented by most of the institutions that we stand up, respect, and understand, right? There's no other way to go. I mean, what, teachers produce more teachers. But teachers produce more teachers who test for old answers and not for new questions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so that's the challenge in entrepreneurship specifically is that the velocity of change is accelerating at such a space that we really need to be thinking about not the answers because they will have a shelf life and be obsolete, but we need to be thinking about how do we find more or better questions. So 
when I'm interviewing my team or engage with you know, my clientele and the like, they tell me where they are, but I'm asking them to ask me great questions because yeah. by their questions, I'm able to ascertain really where they are and where they need to go. Chris, you, you hit the nail on the head, and, and that's not just a call back to the hammer and nail expression there, but I, I'm a big fan of motivational quotes, and not just for the fluffy feel-good side of it, but some of them are actually practical, and when you extrapolate them a little bit, you can really get some business value. And one of my favorites is Wayne Gretzky, where he says, I don't skate where the puck is. I skate where the puck is going to be. And I think that dovetails with what you're saying, you know, as an entrepreneur, when you're launching your business and and when you're looking to grow, it's not about where things are or where they've been, but it's about where they're going. Oh, absolutely, Joey. Again, I concur. I'll quote one other great American philosopher, former heavyweight boxer, Mike Tyson. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Mr. Mr. Tyson said, hey, everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face. Punched in the right? face, right. Yeah. Right. It gets, it gets really real then. You know, you move from theory to actual performance. And the gap and the chasm between the two is pretty significant. Most people can't jump that chasm and, you know, they, they pivot and run away from that gap. They just can't, can't imagine building a bridge, you know, across that, those two things. So do you think that this is part of the story of that revolving door of businesses closing and, and opening? You think that what, where our conversation plays a, plays a big role in that? Yeah, it does. Okay, so look, I think we, we talked about, or maybe we didn't cover the Wall Street Journal earlier, actually late last year, said that three out of four businesses that receive venture capital actually fail. Now think about this. Three out of four businesses that receive money from people who are trained to give money, who are inclined to understand what winning and losing looks like, who have business training, who may have a team of people accompanying them, those businesses that they have thrown their money at fail. So what they're looking at is they're saying, look, we're betting on the 25%, okay? What, what that also says is inversely, if you're the other 75%, cash can't save you. Now, think about this, Joey, in business. You're in business, and you realize that cash can't save you. What's the problem? What's the challenge there? Well, I don't believe, I don't think you believe, I don't think anybody believes that there's 565,000 incompetent, stupid, slow, unmotivated, not driven, short-sighted, people out there with families, mortgages, and years of experience and expertise building businesses that are folding every year. I don't think anybody really believes that. So what's happening? Or 595,000. What I believe and what's becoming very clear is that there is a institutional and systemic problem. And while most of the multi-billion dollar industry that's related to servicing small businesses have great point solutions. That is to say, they can address a specific issue. I can build your website. I can get you SEO. I can get you business cards. I can get you digital marketing. I can get you a business. I can do all those things. But until those things are systemically aligned and congruent for predictable outcomes, 
oh my gosh, what are we talking about, Joey? Actual science and or what we're talking about logistics. We're talking about you know simple you know business planning one on one that's not being leveraged until we can talk about those those specific outcomes that we're looking for systemically. We're failing people, and here's where where I, I think I want to anchor a point. The bottom line is that if in fact you are not prepared to train hard, to get educated, to prepare your mind, your body, your spirit for an athletic exercise if you're an athlete, it doesn't matter what you do by the time you get out to actually run the race. So systemically, what I believe is that there's a belated effort to fix what's broken when it should have never been broken. There's a belated effort to rehabilitate what never was habilitated or what was dysfunctional in the beginning. So if I'm an entrepreneur, if I'm a solopreneur, if I'm a small business person, before I open my doors, there's a way for me to think. Instead of me thinking costs, why don't I think about ROI and investment? There's a language of the executive, and that language is money. If we're not orienting our new entrepreneurs, training them up right to get them thinking right and from the institutional level, from the very beginning, I can't expect a Michael Jordan in his sophomore year to slam dunk and win the NBA championship. But if Michael Jordan from his sophomore year in high school all the way up until he won you know, his first ring had been trained and oriented properly, you know, the sky's the limit and the sky's the limit for him. Here's the problem. Our people, our entrepreneurs, our friends, our associates, our family members, our colleagues are being failed from the beginning. And they're failed in academia. They're failed by, you know, by parents who, you know, produce the 40, 40, 40, you know, 40 years, 40 hours a week to get 40% of your paycheck. The institutions are churches who basically are saying, hey, look, you know, we're going to be responsible for, you need to be responsible for the 10%, but ignoring the other 90% about the practical management to prepare to be in business, to, to be responsible, you know, members in the community. And I could go on, but I won't. The net is, is that there's a systemic problem. It's not an individual's fault. So as one of my colleagues said a long time ago when I was in college and he failed, actually got a D in economics, he went to the professor and, and yelled, it's your fault. <laughs> he yelled. He said, it's your fault. And everybody was stunned. It's because how can you spend this much time and effort on someone with the motivation I have, basically saying I'm highly motivated, I'm very intelligent, and I have a D. It means that you have a problem. Why aren't entrepreneurs, why aren't wantrepreneurs, why aren't freelancers, gigpreneurs, why aren't all of these people standing up and saying, you know what, the failure rate that I see forecast doesn't make sense, and all those people can't be stupid, and all those people can't be misaligned. Why don't I look at something different? And what we've been able to do with our company at Stealthonomics is introduce a systemic approach to remedying small business failure and killing off some of the fear, uncertainty, and doubt that exists when you're trying to achieve a predictable outcome. That's what we do. And we're joined here by Chris Bell, who is the Chief Operating Officer and Co-Founder of Stealthonomics. Chris, could you tell us a little bit, let's dive deeper into your, into your company and 
what it is that you do. You, you painted a picture, and, and I wholeheartedly agree that systemically the way we teach and nurture entrepreneurship has a higher failure rate than success rate. So what is it that you all do differently? Yeah, look at it this way. I'll paint this picture. Nobody goes to the farm to buy their eggs. They don't go to the cow to get their milk. We don't go to Indonesia to put tires on our car from the rubber tree. What we do is we go to a store. We go to a place where there are complementary products and services and solutions running down certain aisles, organized a certain way. Well, what we've done at Stealthonomics is leveraged the essential services that we know are necessary to launch a business. And let me be very specific, to launch a company. If you're a rookie entrepreneur, if you are a military person transitioning from the military to civilian life, what does that mean? It means that when you call into our company, instead of us pitching you a website or whatever, what we're looking to do is understand what you do and help you understand that you probably don't even know what questions to ask. So we call that a, a process of mutual discovery. There are eight steps that we've basically quantified, whittled down, and actually bled over the last three years, Joey. <laughs> I, I heavily invested in this company, Stealthonomics, three years ago when it was just a web development company. And we said, well, people are coming to get websites, but are they really, are the outcomes really what they're looking for holistically? Well, we broke down what those people were looking for. They were looking for somebody to understand their business and give them advice that's relevant and compelling and justifies their existence. Mm -hmm. They're looking for legal entity consultation. They're looking for somebody to help them build out a business plan. Look, you've got, I'm a scientist and I'm an engineer. Why would I know and understand the language of the executive and a business plan? How do I pull that together? What, you know, how, how do I do that? We build out business content development, corporate identities, domain name and website hosting registration. We do digital marketing plans. We build up mobile website design and development, and we have a business advisor, a business launch advisor. So imagine before you get to the Olympics, you're in high school and you're in college. The person that gives you the foundation for your strength and basic understanding of what you need to prepare to do to win on the mat is that coach. Well, we are those people. We're not guaranteeing that you're going to be successful in business in three or five years. We're saying that by the time you get ready to launch your business, you will be fully trained, prepared, and know what questions to ask because we already know the answers are going to change year after year. We're going to help you understand the language of the executive in business so that when you are sitting with your team, your team, your accountant, your attorney, those other people that will be in your business life, you'll know again what questions to ask. Not only that, you'll be able to tap into a business advisor like me, one of several people like me, who keep our ear inclined to the rail of that train that's moving so fast. So we can tell you what's coming, what's trending, and the like, relevant and compelling. So all under one umbrella. And when you call in, you look at, we look at, our advisors look at your business on a single pane of glass. So instead of calling somebody for a website and they say, tell me about your business, Instead of calling somebody about your business plan and they say, tell me about your business, we have all of that already established. And we make decisions around your business and advise you. You get your advice from a team and not just from an individual who is that hammer who sees you as a nail. Chris, let's get into your background. 
And also, if you want to talk about some of the members of your team, what inspired you all to pivot and launch Delphonomics? And what in your background prepared you for this sort of leap or this next step? Yeah. Well, my background from a career standpoint includes a successful $80 million IPO team experience as a leading sales revenue producer for one of the most successful biotechs in the country, a company by the name of Informax, which got spun up in an IPO and then was acquired by Invitrogen Life Technologies at the time, the largest biotech in the world. I was able, as a leading revenue producer, I was able to see what it took to sustain a business, what pieces were relevant, why it actually mattered to perform, and build out my business vocabulary. I saw the difference between noise and real content that mattered. I learned the language of the executive at a global level. So I had responsibilities on every continent except Antarctica and Australia. My business background there gave me the courage to pivot to launch my own technology sales company, where I basically had clients in, here in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., and Turkey, mostly foreign nationals who were looking to establish a footprint here in the U.S. But I ran across a friend of mine. His name is Vonnie Wright down in Virginia Beach, who's a former Marine, ex, I can't say ex, but former Army officer, who introduced me to two gentlemen. One is uh, Demond Raybon, who's actually the CIO of our company. And we all got together and said, hey, look, we've all done really, really well in business, but we've also failed at some points in times, and it's been crazy. How do we make this a fix? Why isn't there a systemic approach and no predictable outcomes associated with launching a traditional business. So we took three years, research, trial and error, and we launched Delphonomics. Let's go to the, in listening to this, one of the things that, that really, really stands out to me and I think to our listening audience is that cash can't save you. What does that mean tangibly? And how should a entrepreneur, entrepreneur approach money so that they can have a, a healthy view of it? and long-term success. Joe, I think you've been around long enough. We've been around enough people to know that whatever money or cash you think you need is not enough, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's universally the the case. It doesn't matter whether you're running a $100 million company or, you know, a $10,000 a month, you know, company. The net is it doesn't seem like there's ever enough money. It's because your mind is always going to be bigger than your money if you're an entrepreneur. But in respect to not having enough cash and your attitude around money and understanding that money can't save you, you need to understand something from the very beginning. You typically may have initiated in your business launch does not necessarily mean, and you were successful for a year or two or three, does not necessarily mean or warrant your success the following years. The question that you have to be able to ask you is this, is what I've done in the past good enough to take me to where I want to be in the future in the light of a changing landscape and the velocity of change? My recommendation early on on cash is like you know, having a safety net. Before you walk a high wire in, the, in a circus, that net is down there. You don't get on the wire and say, oh, gosh, it's a long fall. Somebody put the net up, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you better have a network of people that are people of influence and can get you into the doors and into the opportunities that can help you drive deals 
that you're going to need to drive that new revenue. Secondly, the traditional pitch is, hey, you need to save X amount of dollars over Y amount of time to carry Z number, you know, Z amount of expenses. But here's, what, here's the problem. If you do that, and many do, and they do it well, they do it successfully, where does that leave the accidental entrepreneur? And I say the accidental entrepreneur is the person who's been laid off, the person who's been terminated, the person who may be disabled, the person who's out of the mainstream, the person who doesn't live in an urban area and doesn't have access to many of the resources, the accidental entrepreneur who all of a sudden the mom who has to stay at home as a child is ill. What do those people do to grow a successful business? There is no one size fits all, fit all. Well, our recommendation is to obviously do your reading and your homework, but you can build out a successful network and connections that get you the deals before you need the deals. Before you launch your company, before you get out of the door, you should already have your first customer locked and loaded. You should already be spoken to them, already have their purchase order, already have their stuff staged to say, thank you, we're about to open the doors and you're going to be our first customer, our flagship customer. Because if you can't get somebody to believe in you at that stage, at that phase, it's not going to get any better later. So the first thing you do is you start with a customer. You don't wait to get cut, open up your, your business and then go after customers. Oh, no. You get a customer who gets you more customers who gets you more customers. And that's how you grow coming out of the blocks, being that accidental entrepreneur. And if you have the runway, some people say, hey, look, let's go slow. Let's take our time. Joe, I got a question for you. Have you ever seen an aircraft go slow on the runway to get lift to clear the runway? <laughs> no, it needs a ton of momentum. <laughs> right. Bottom line is that you need full throttle. You need to go hard. Yeah. You need to go fast in a short period of time. You need to approach your business like an explosion as opposed to a slow burn. It needs to be all out, flat out, until you can gain altitude to pull back, altitude in your business to pull back and go on cruise control. Yeah. Most people are taking that. Let's take our time. You know, let's plan this and blah, blah, blah. I'm for that. But you do have to execute. And when you do, you've got to go hard. Yeah. There's got to be a healthy sense of urgency because otherwise, you know, business is going gonna, is gonna to pass you by. Absolutely. Absolutely. What are the eight first best steps for an entrepreneur to take that your company recommends? Yeah. First and foremost, talk to somebody who knows what's going on in your market and in your space. We, we call that first step mutual discovery. You sit down with somebody who basically ascertains your, your ability to communicate business concepts, your ability to, to communicate your own value proposition, helps you understand your ideal customer profile, and I could go on. Most of these terms, new entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs don't even know. What's your BHAG, your big, hairy, audacious goal? They're like, oh my God, I, you know, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that means. But those things are the things that are going to be fuel for you. So we'd go through a process of mutual discovery, set up your account so we know everything there is to know about you. Put it in our platform and our technology for our team to take a look at. You may need a business plan. That may come out of mutual discovery. The next step is legal entity consultation. We are not attorneys, but let's understand. We can point people to exactly where they need to be. And the individuals that can tell them you need to, to be a sole proprietor, an LLC, S Corp, C Corp, whatever be the case, because you can't get out here and expose your property, your personal property, your personal life to unnecessary financial risk. Litigation is real. 
you know, business losses are real and you want them to be business losses, losses, not personal losses. The third step is to develop business content. That is verbiage, an ideal pitch, structure around communication, business cards, that kind of thing we call business content development that helps you understand how the world sees you. What is it that, what is it that you want the world to walk away from when they encounter you? What impression, what emotion should they walk away with and what value proposition should they walk away with? So we basically help you build out that business content. The next thing we do is we provide you with insight on your corporate identity. That corporate identity is about branding and we could go a long way around branding logos and you know verbiage around why you matter. If the world closed, actually if your business closed tomorrow rather, who in the world would care? You know, you need to be able to have branding and an associative communication that makes you so unique that the world hurts. And by the way, in corporate identity, one of the things that we do is help people begin to frame and anchor a mindset around competitive immunity. Competitive immunity. Well, we can talk about that later at some other point. But then we talk about building up domain name, a web hosting registration, pretty straightforward. We do digital marketing plans, and we have a team of, of experts you know, in-house that build out you know, mobile websites and do the development. But most important, or not most important, or equally important, is your business advisor. Look, there's nothing, Joey, that I've mentioned here that you can't get off the street from somebody. Here's the point, is that we talked about a system, right? Mm-hmm. Eight steps that you actually go through to ensure that there aren't any gaps. It's like learning to shoot layups on the glass when you're playing basketball, even if you can hit the 30-footer, until you have the basics, until you're sure that you can hit the glass, you know, use the glass for the layup. (laughs) It doesn't matter how good your game is out there on the floor. And what we find are entrepreneurs that are good on the floor, they can put up, you know, the 30-footer and everybody yells and screams, and you see their highlight reel in, in the press and, you know, on social media, but you don't know that they can't hit the layup, that their fundamentals are raggedy. And that's the reason why they keep throwing up 30-footers, right? (laughs) So, you know, we use those kind of sports analogies to help people understand that even the pros, even those who've made it really, really well, go to summer camp or go to training camp every year. And and just because you've got it together and you have a successful business doesn't warrant your success. So even those companies that are already in business typically will come back and say, you know, Chris, we heard you, we saw you, we see you. We need to cover some gaps. What can you do? And we work with those people. Awesome. Awesome. And then we're coming to a close of the show here, but do you have any parting thoughts? This, I think this has been a great conversation. It's going to really call attention to the fact that you know, entrepreneurship, you can have a high success rate, but the way that we currently approach it in mass might take some tweaking. And I think that this is advice that some of the more successful entrepreneurs already recognize. Mm-hmm. And your firm makes that information more accessible to folks that are, that are just starting out and don't know where to go. Right, right. And, and for those people specifically, I'll leave your, your listening audience with, with three major points, if I might. Yep. If I can speak to individuals, people who are fully employed, working professionals, if you're 30 years of age or older, you understand the value of time in pursuing wealth strategies. Taking a systemic approach to launching your business is going to be huge. 
And my recommendations there, don't make announcements, make power moves. Okay. For the armed services personnel that are transitioning every month, actually, I think that's about 200,000 a year, 48, 60 a week, your leadership experience is valuable. Don't be discouraged in the marketplace. Transform your leadership experience and your vision into something that you can take and you, you can run on your own. Take a systemic approach to look at how, to, how you can make that happen. For those who are running, the third point is those who are running startup incubators. You are responsible for metrics for success that include increasing your tax base. It does no, nobody any good to have companies along who are failing and barely able to sustain themselves. Take a systemic approach to improving and optimizing business performance and the infrastructure challenges you have in your organizations. That's what I would leave. Excellent. Well, again, this has been Chris Bell III, the Chief Operating Officer and Co-Founder of Stealthonomics. And where can folks find you online? Yeah, Joey, they can reach us at First, that is F-I-R-S-T, best, B-E-S-T, steps.com. That is first, best, steps.com. And by telephone, they can call in at 704-565-9798. Again, that's 704-565-9798. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining on this episode of the Business Life and Coffee Show. And we'll have to have you back on sometime soon. Joey, I appreciate it. Humble to be here and to uh, serve your listening audience. Have a good one. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Business Life and Coffee Show with Joey Price. We hope you're inspired to become the best version of yourself after listening to our guest. What thought or idea stood out the most to you? Keep the conversation going by tweeting the show at BizLifeCoffee or our host at Joey V. Price HR with the hashtag BLC Moments. And if you like what you just heard, pass along our podcast to at least five people. Detailed show notes can be found at www.businesslifeandcoffee.com. And our full archive is available on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, and Google Play. This has been a Jumpstart HR production. Join us next time for another edition of the Business Life and Coffee Show.